Why do you think God said it's not good that the man should be alone, the human being should be alone? I will make an help meet for him. Why do you think he said that? We were seeing in the last episode how um, God said it's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a help meet for him. And then he jumped into naming, having Adam name animals. The next two verses in Genesis 2, I think 19 and 20. He, he moves right from saying it's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a help meet for him into saying, and Adam named all the animals. So my question was to the Lord, why did you change the subject there? Why didn't you just go straight to uh, making the help meet? And uh, I felt like reading in Proverbs 19, 15, that it says, now I went to the Proverbs, like I said last time, <clears throat> I went to the Proverbs to, because they help you solve mysteries. Proverbs 1 tells you they're here for you to solve mysteries. To me, this was a mystery. So I looked at wherever else the word deep sleep. This is the only other place I think deep sleep, the same words are used in the Hebrew. And it says in Proverbs 19, 15, slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. So I felt like Adam was being lazy about something, but not completely lazy because he was busy naming animals. He was doing his part. But you remember God had put them in this garden and there were two trees in the garden and the tree of, the, of life was in the, in the middle of the garden. And I'm just thinking that if this is the only, only other thing that can cast you into a deep sleep is slothfulness outside of when God allowed. Actually, it says he took the man, uh, put him into the garden to dress it and to keep it. And then he says he allowed uh, Adam to fall into a deep sleep. He, it, one version would say caused him to fail. He let him fail in his endeavors. You know, just like I think God will let us fail in our endeavors if we're not doing it in the principles of his word. If we're not feeding off of the tree of life, he, it's not going to work anyway. So he just steps back and says, well, when you get through, I'll show you how this works because his ways work. And so um, he allowed, allowed Adam to fail. And then he said he caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and he took one of his ribs. This is verse 21 in Genesis 2. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Well, when he's... When he's saying to her, and I'm going to just follow along in the book here, when he's saying uh, he took one of his ribs in verses 21 and 22, he closed up the flesh thereof. Notice that now he's taking the female aspect. He's taking out the rib, uh, the, the picture of the rib, taking out the rib from Adam. What is a rib? It's a side. It's the side. It's a chamber. It's like the side of the ark. And if you look up chamber just in the regular dictionary, it will tell you there's the judge's room of a chamber. So a, de a decisive part um, used for official proceedings, not required to be held in open court. In a gun, the chamber is the part of the bore of the gun that holds the charge. I like to say that about us ladies. We're the part of the bore of the gun that holds the charge. 
And so uh, our, it can be the four chambers of the heart. So I really, I really see that, you know, we have to look at the Old Testament stories that are true, but then we have to translate them into the spirit realm so we can make use of them today. How does that affect me today? What is that saying to me today? Okay, God, that's a whole form of creation, but what is that saying to me today? And um, I see that he took the heart out because I, I fast forward to First uh, Peter where he talks about the woman not being uh, adorned with all the gold and pearls and all that stuff, but the, the beauty, her beauty is the hidden man of the heart. I just see this, and, and I'm not putting it down as church doctrine, but I, this is the way I, I understand it is that he took the heart out. He took the, um, if you want to say the vision, he took some of the heart out of the man. Not all of it, because like we say, we're, we're complete in Christ. But he took something out of the man and built her up and made her a woman. And, and she's literally supposed to um, be a corresponding part. And, and the word for, I will make it help me for him, Help me is the word azer in Hebrew, and it means an aid and a help. You know, there's in the, in the Godhead, there's protection and provision, headship, and then there's helpership, aid and support. And the helper, the, the woman compasses about the husband's heart for protection, and the husband covers her head for provision and protection. And so... Um, we, when you put those two together, it's like a chain of life. When we are functioning properly, the way God intended these two offices to function, then we make a chain of life that cannot be broken. The point, the point is the devil has deceived us through the days. And in the fall of man, selfishness took root and took over. And so it's all about me. It's all about me and not about the other person. And that's when we, when we get past that and Christ comes into our life and helps us and gives us a grace to help us walk it out like he intended it to be. Amen. So uh, the helper is a protect and uh, to surround or protect, to aid and, and protect and, and help. And the word for, this is interesting, in the theological word book of the Old Testament is the word nagad. I'm probably saying that wrong. Forgive me. A root word that means to to the front, i.e. to stand boldly out opposite, to manifest or make clear or evident, to reveal, to expose, to place a matter high, conspicuous before a person. Usually the matter was previously unknown or unknowable as an object. So to the object. So <clears throat> she stands boldly out opposite and speaks things to him. She's supposed to, um, uh, literally, this word is translated declare and tell many times through the Old Testament. To declare and to tell. 62 times it says. 62 times it's translated to declare and 189 times to tell. The word for. So he brought her out, built her up to feed back to him the tree of life, I guess because he was failing, he was busy getting caught up in his assignments. And so he helped Adam by taking a part of that power out and having it talk back to him. So we're here to be a blessing, not a curse. 
We're here to be a blessing and a support and an aid. And I'll just cut to the chase and say that I really, I really, through the years of studying this, I really believe our first and primary, not our only, we, I'm not saying we can't do other things, but only if our primary is being taken care of. Our primary part was to see that the man fulfilled his destiny, the male, not just the human being, but also the human being. But to see that the human being, first the male and then the human being, fulfills their destiny. That's our primary call. Now, if you're doing that in your home life and you go run a corporation somewhere, that's great. But you, you have to have priorities. And if you want your ladder to be against the right wall, then check out what's happening to the men in your life, whether they be a husband, a brother, son, a father, your minister, the president of the United States, whoever the men are, they need us because God said so. And he brought us forth for a purpose. And I want to continue discovering. I want to be continuing to discover that purpose. Amen. So um, one other thing I wanted to read to you, this is about the helper and it comes from the Kamash, which is the Hebrew, the Jewish elders in the Old Testament. The helper, a helper corresponding to him, literally a helper against him. If the man is worthy, the woman will be a helper. If he is unworthy, she will be against him. Many have noted that the ideal marriage is not necessarily one of total agreement in all matters. Often it is the wife's responsibility to oppose her husband and prevent him from acting rationally or to help him achieve a common course by questioning, criticizing, careful there, and discussing. Thus the verse means literally that there are times a wife can be a, best be a helper by being against him. I mean, if he's getting ready to make a dumb decision and walk off a cliff, then you want to stand in his way. And there is a gracious way to um, help him in those ways. Amen. Now in the book, at the end of this, I've given a story and I'll finish off today's episode with this. Because there is a gracious way to be against him. I'm not telling because it says if you make him ashamed, it's rottenness to his bones. We're not talking about criticizing and running him down. We're talking about graciously figuring out how to not allow him to go over the cliff if that's where he's headed. And um, one time many years ago, uh, we weren't pastors. And in fact, I was just coming into the things of God. And, and my husband's always been a very good man and easy to live with and a, and a good husband and, and everything. But there was one occasion when uh, our children, we lived on a block that had lots of children there. And our youngest son, um, he, had, uh, he had a birthday. His birthday was one, one day apart from our neighbor's son. And so every year my neighbor and I worked out when to have the birthday party so we didn't step on each other's toes about the birthday party. Well, one year, uh, she just mentioned to me over coffee one morning that she had planned her son's birthday party on my son's birthday. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I thought we always worked this out. But I didn't say anything. That was my first mistake. I didn't say anything. I should have said something right then. It would have solved a lot. But I might not have learned what I'm getting ready to tell you. So, so when my husband came home, I'm telling him, guess what? They're going to have so-and-so's birthday on so-and-so's birthday. We... we 
call all of our kids Charlie in the book, Purpose, Position, and Power. This story's in there. But um, they're going to have her son's birthday on Charlie's birthday. And my husband just said, well, that's too bad. We'll just have Charlie's anyway. I said, no, you know that's going to create problems. That'll create a problem. That'll create neighbor problems forever. And I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. We're just going to do it. Everybody will come to Charlie's birthday and not his. And I said, that's not right. We can't do that. We just can't do that. Well, he was really ticked. And so he was kind of stuck on that. And this was before we knew better. But I was learning. And so um, I just went to the Lord. And I said, because this is, this is what I'm telling you, to graciously come against them and to uh, learn how to uh, not go against. See, he's telling me you're going to have it anyway on that day. So to stay submissive to my husband, I have to do that. But in reality, I know that's going to create a problem. So I went to the Lord. I thought, this is a job for the Holy Ghost. I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you and I both know that if we do this, it's going to create problems that may not be repairable. And I said, I don't know what to do here because one part of me, you're saying to be submissive to my husband's leadership. And the other part, we know that this isn't right. And do you know what happened? At eight o'clock the next morning, her daughter knocked on my door with a note from her saying, I woke up at three o'clock this morning, realizing that I had planned my son's birthday on Charlie's birthday, my son's birthday party on Charlie's birthday. And I am so sorry I have moved it to the next week. Wow, that was the Lord. So I just encourage us sometimes, you know, we don't have to go against what they're saying, but we do need to know when it's right and when it's wrong. And God will help us. He's our helper. He will help us be a helper. So um, it's really an exciting journey. And I invite you to join me again next week. And we will continue to discover and investigate our role as female made in the image of God.